Hello. Ça va? Ça va très bien, toi? I'm good. Yes, I'm in my little apartment in Santa Barbara. I moved here just shy of two months ago. Um, it's so perfect. It's my little surf shack. It's a mile from the beach. Um, we've got a little garden outside. And so we had apricots and peaches and all sorts of delicious things that we could pick off the tree. And I was just in the ocean earlier. I mean, life's pretty good. It's pretty simple. Um, so I'm really liking it out here. And we'll see if I stay or if I go travel again this winter. I had a lot of fun doing that last winter. Oh, yeah, you were in Portugal. I will talk about this. Okay. Yeah. Hi, I'm Cyril, your host, and welcome to my podcast that I called I Really Want to Do This. In this podcast, I interview guests from all walks of life and try to understand the various ways that different types of people with different backgrounds and experiences succeed in achieving their goals in their very own ways. Think of the past 10 years in your own life. Have you had a personal goal, an objective? Maybe you call it a dream of doing this one thing. You really want to do that one thing, whatever it may be, but for some reason, you never succeeded in making it actually happen. Well, by showcasing successful achievers and asking them how they did it, I sincerely hope that this podcast will give you some ideas and maybe answers on where to start, how to proceed, in order to actually do that one thing that you really want to do. Hi everyone, this is Cyril, your host, and uh, we're so lucky today, again, we're, we have a beautiful uh, uh, guest with us, and uh, I'll let her introduce herself. Uh, what's, what's your first name? Hello, my name is Soraya. Soraya, how do you spell this? S-O-R-A-Y-A. Okay, so I have to ask where is this from? This is such a beautiful name. Thank you so much. Um, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll, I'll give you the short version. Um, my mom named me after Queen Soraya of Iran. She married the Shah when she was 18 years old. Um, and... Unfortunately, they actually legitimately were in love um, and he was much, much older than her, but uh, she was, she was barren. She couldn't have children to produce yeah. an heir for the throne. So they had to divorce and it was this like big tragedy. And um, she was sort of like the Princess Diana of the Middle East, I would say. And just, um, she went off and, you know, was demoted to Princess Soraya. And regardless of losing her position in, in the royal court, still had a really amazing career. Um, in life that she led after that. My mom was just so infatuated with her story growing up. My mom grew up between Morocco and Paris um, that she said, if I ever have a daughter, I'll name her Soraya. So here we are. Ah, fantastic. I love it. And so where were you born and, and where do you live now? I was born in Tucson, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm living in Santa Barbara, California. Okay, awesome. So part of the reason I'm asking these questions is because I really like to hear where people have traveled. I think traveling is such a great, uh, like, teachable moment. Um, have you had the chance to leave overseas? 
experienced period of time or even even traveled for a long time or just vacation in what continents definitely i've been so extremely lucky lucky um but a lot of that had to do with having family kind of everywhere and uh so most recently i was actually living in portugal um this last year i lived there all winter and then in a little village called nazare and then um i've spent a lot of time you know going to Morocco, visiting my family. I've spent time in Spain and France and Italy, um, mm. the UK. I mean, I have family all over. And awesome. um, I also got to live on a sailboat for a couple months and we sailed around the Caribbean for a while. Um, so oh, did you love it? Amazing. <laughs> um, Mexico, I go to Mexico all the time to surf and, and I've, been, I've been around um, and I definitely have the travel bug. I love to continue to explore. There's so many places still on my list that I want to see and places I want to go back to and it it definitely I love the saying that um travel is the one thing you spend money on that makes you richer wow I love it I've definitely used that I didn't know about this one but so cool. I love it <laughs> have you been to other countries like Southeast Asia or it's on your list or or no I really want to Thailand Cambodia I want to go to Bali I want to go like Indonesia I want so many places that still you know left to to wow. see and to explore um but it'll all happen okay. yes I, I can feel in your energy and your voice that you're going to do it <laughs> fantastic okay so, you know, another thing about my podcast is I don't like to make a list of all the achievements of my guests. But in some ways, I think it's relevant to tell, like, if you want to tell your own list of what you've done uh, and what, what you're happy to have done, have achieved, because that's part of, I really want to do this. Um, and we'll talk about that later on the second part. Uh, but feel free to uh, tell me what, what you've done so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel I'm still relatively young in my career and, and there's a lot ahead of me, but I have, I feel like I have accomplished, you know, a lot for someone my age and, um, it kind of began when I was a teenager and I realized that, um, filmmaking was sort of the thing that like sparked something in me. And, um, I was always like a really avid storyteller and I knew, I knew it was gonna, I was gonna do something in that realm. And I sort of set my sights on, I like quickly Googled, you know, top film school in the world and then figured out which one that was. And was like, okay, I was 14. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go there. And then- 14, you wanted to be a filmmaker? I knew exactly, I knew it. It just clicked. It kind of was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I realized like, not only was the school really difficult to get into, but um, also extremely expensive. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get in. I'm going to get a full scholarship. And uh, four years later, you know, I'm 18, applying to universities. Um, and I, I went to a very, very difficult high school. It was a college preparatory kind of program. So I, I was definitely like prepared to sort of be a competitive applicant. Um, and I wind up getting in and I wind up getting a full scholarship. Um, and it enabled me to move out to California and pursue this idea this kind of dream I had to, to pursue filmmaking and then in film school I realized that documentaries were really the category of storytelling that that spoke mm -hmm. to me um and that was I was the minority as I actually as far as I can remember I was the only one in my cohort who knew they wanted to do documentaries um and so I really campaigned uh when I was at my film school am I allowed to say what school it was is that too you can say whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> anonymous <laughs> um 
the documentary program for it being, you know, the quote unquote best film school in the world. Um, it didn't really have a very good documentary program. So uh, we really, I just thought that was unacceptable given the trend right now in, in, you know, the types of movies people are watching. It's nonfiction has surged immensely in the last decade. And um, yeah, so we, we were able to basically combine the undergraduate program with the grad school and create sort of a documentary uh, program through that. And that was pretty cool. Um, and I realized like, you know, it was, school was an amazing infrastructure for me to kind of stay organized and have a place to go, a safe place to try and fail repeatedly and get notes and make the best friends and have really incredible professors that would guide me. Um, but really what it, where I was actually like getting the majority of my learning was outside of school. You know, when I would go, when I went and lived on that sailboat and then any or any outside task I was doing where I was just learning about life and what kind of stories I wanted to tell. And then I could come back to my university and ask them the actual real world questions of how it works. And so by the time graduation came around, I was already really, um, stubborn and, and decided that I was going to pursue independent filmmaking full-time right, right out of the gate. I didn't want to go work at a production company. I didn't want to be anyone's assistant. I was just like, nope, 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 nope. I know it won't click for me. Um, and so I proceeded to have, I, I still think I'm in this phase, but I called it my dirt bag phase, you know, where I was just going to live as simply as possible in order to be able to say yes to any opportunity that came up. Like I wanted to be able to travel at the drop of a hat. Um, I wanted to be able to just go explore any story that kind of came to me. And that wound up taking me on a really unique journey my first year out of um, film school where I was able to travel to Tunisia to do a film project. I was overseas, I was constantly flying. I went to the East Coast and um, you know, did a whole project on like uh, this, this sailor who had passed away and that was just beautiful. Like I got to in integrate myself in a community I never would have met otherwise. And um, eventually it got to, you know, meeting Angela and then doing this feature film on, on a paraplegic rower that I couldn't have predicted ever that that would have, she came to me and like, it was just, it, that then became its own experience that I still find hard to find the words to articulate it. Like it was just such a profound, profound learning experience throughout from beginning to end. And, you know, ultimately it like, I learned a lot and I learned a lot because I failed a lot right away. Yeah. And a lot went wrong because I thought I knew how to handle things and how to do it. And it's not to say that I didn't, it's just when you're dealing with nonfiction, which is to say real life, it's unpredictable. It's not scripted. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't know what's going to happen next and you don't get to control it. It's all about adaptation and, and, um, perseverance and, uh, oh, I love it. yeah. So anyway, so just to end my little spiel here, I just sort of feel like I kind of shook out, like I went through, you know, I worked the part-time jobs. I worked at several restaurants. I did all these things and I just, it just was like very uncomfortable to let anyone else be the owner of my time. And I realized how much more time and experience meant to me than money. And I, mm -hmm. I'm glad I learned that really early on about myself because it's something I don't compromise on now. And um, that takes a lot uh, of maturity to say, this is what I want. Like just, you say you're stubborn, but that's a char trait, character of, of your personality. 
but that worked really well for you. So it kind of in a way of embracing who you are, you said, okay, early on, you decided to be a filmmaker, like super early. And then to chase that is, is that the, I really want to do this story you, you're going to tell us about the chasing your, I I have a bunch. I really want to do a lot of things. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's something I, and it's not, you know, this isn't to say I haven't messed up so many times along the way. Like I have gotten my ass handed to me to put it gently. Like it has mm -hmm. not been a smooth road by any means. Um, but I do think it's, it is audacious to believe in yourself. I think a lot of people don't and it's heartbreaking when you kind of are talking to someone and you realize that they have put on themselves a lot of limiting beliefs and, um, so how do, you, how do you think you got it, uh, you, that strength of believing you could do it? Hmm. I think, you know, I had parents that like were, I think I, I was always very confident growing up. And I think my parents had a lot to do with that, like really supported me and made me feel like I had a high self-esteem. But I also feel like I have always been very attuned to um, listening to my body. Mm -hmm. and this, may, this may go a little bit different direction but I I really trust gut feelings and I've always listened like from the day you know being 14 and like first getting the idea to go be a filmmaker or something like that like something will a light bulb will go off or you'll feel like a tingle in your stomach and I just know like I just know something is nudging me saying this is you're going to do yep. this like it mm -hmm. happened yeah. when someone first proposed the sailboat thing across the Caribbean I was like I know I'm gonna go do that it happened when someone said hey you should move overseas to Portugal in the middle of a global pandemic when no one can travel like yes I'm gonna go do that I don't know how but I'm gonna figure it out and like it's just something in you that is talking back the more you listen to it the easier it is to hear yes I agree and there's a lot of people that say I don't know what my passion is I don't know it seems so clear to you and it is clear to me like I want to cross the ocean I'm going to do it and it's irrational in some ways because I'll just go for something that is not really you know the thought process is more um it's first the heart and or the guts like you say and then after I say how can I make that happen a lot of people don't hear those voices um but I love that you say listen to the small ones and then they'll grow and the more you listen to them the more there's no other choice really than listening to them because that's that makes you feel so good eh? yeah it is meditation I mean you do have to um, find moments where you're sort of turning down the volume on everything else you know and that's just decluttering your brain and and reducing mm -hmm. all the chaos and just like what is at the simplest barest bones like the truth in, in what it is and I know this is very Mm -hmm. spiritual and profound but it's true like it works and and the results speak for themselves once you start tuning into it and I wonder Cyril for you if um have you found you know the more you kind of pursue what is like I call it your soul path you know the thing that's yeah. like mm -hmm. driving that the, the deepest part of your bones that you can't really always put words to um it's harder to relate to people who don't. And I, I find in my life, at least, like I found that my circles of who I can kind of like really sustain a really like 
heart to heart conversation with have kind of like yeah. gotten smaller and it's, it's heartbreaking because I love people and I love so many people in my life but like it is a minority that that like really understands this and it should be the opposite you know part of the reason why I wanted this podcast is when I tell people start looking for happiness because happiness is such a a bag where you put all the ideas like what's happiness having a bigger job have you know a bigger house look stop looking for happiness when I say is look for vibration what makes you so happy it could be just walking with your dog it could be very simple things like watching the sunrise and going surfing it could be a big goal of I'm going to push my limits and and try to cross that desert running whatever it is that you feel vibration you feel alive this is Um, what you should pursue. And I want people to feel it because this is life. Find that passion and you want to photograph butterflies, go for it, you know? You and I seem to be like very similar in the way that, okay, we feel it and we go after it. Now, do you, have you ever kind of thought back of, is there a process, is there a method Like once you decide something, there's still, you still have to make, make money and pay your rent. You still have to make room so you can travel. You still have to, I don't know, pay your insurance. There, there's some limitation. Is there a method where you problem solve? When that happened to me really recently. <laughs> I was at home in Arizona and I was not feeling great. Like I was pretty much, I was in a low and um, I just didn't know. I didn't know what was next. Like I was probably going to go do this documentary with a team that was a good option you know it paid well and like it was a cool experience and but I didn't I knew my heart wasn't fully in it and I was like kind of I, I every time it came up like we had another meeting or I would like I knew I was going to be spending a whole month away from home doing this it just sort of felt like a drag you know and there's a friend of mine we have a saying like if it's not a fuck yes it's a fuck no you know and I, yes, I love it I love it feeling and yeah And I was just sort of messing around on Google Maps, figuring out routes for this other production. And I just was like, oh, I've never driven here. Like, what if we drove that way? And anyway, eventually created a route for this huge road trip across the American West, like to all of these places that I dreamed about visiting, but had never so far. And look, that thing happened again, where I got that feeling in my stomach. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go drive across the American West. And I didn't, it had absolutely no rational common sense it may i mean it nothing like i i had no plan it just something was like yes you're gonna go do this and yeah. i as soon as that voice in my head came up i was like damn i'm gonna go do this <laughs> and then so then the process right you you're like okay i kind of like left the computer i went for a walk and then i just couldn't stop thinking about it and then the next day I get back on my computer and it's still, the route still pulled up and I'm like, okay, well, let me look at the schedule. Like how would this work? You know, you start to put the piece piece by yeah. piece. And then it came to the point where I knew I, I like, I had to forego this other job and um, I thought I had to craft. So here's, here's the trap that we create for ourselves because of the society that we live in. I thought in order to justify going on this trip that I felt that something deeper in me was telling me I had to go on. I felt like I needed to design like, like a valid excuse, you know, a, a way in which this was still going to be productive and profitable. Right. Um, and so I'm like, okay, well now I have to, now that I'm literally not going on this job to make money, I'll have to substitute that with this somehow. So I started creating this whole complex, I'll do a documentary about it and 
I was reaching out to sponsors and it was just like a ton of work and yeah. no one was saying yes. It was just roadblock, roadblock, roadblock. And I didn't yeah. really want to do it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to make a document about my road trip. I wasn't into it. It was so personal. I wanted to go. And, um, and then I was just talking to a friend about it and she just was like, why do you feel like you need external validation to go do this? Can't you just tell yourself it's okay to go do it? And I, I was like, oh, maybe you're right. But here comes the, this is why people get blocked is because, well, one, we feel like we have to justify it and, and create some kind of social credit for it. And yeah. two, I think we are conditioned to believe that uh, pursuing these things that, that are our passions and, and our, our bliss, you know, so we get fed these negative ideas like, oh no, I'm just, I'm really selfish. Like if I don't go on this other job and if that's just me thinking only about me, Mm-hmm. And it honestly, it just couldn't really be further from that. Like it's, it's a loss for this other crew to have someone that's whose heart is not all in it. You know, they can go find yeah. someone who is, and it's a lot. And there's a reason why, like, it was very integral for my like healing after something I went through to go do this road trip. And, you know, I'm a better person as a result of going to do this. Like I had, it was a really profound journey as well to, to just say yes and go. And with like no clear plan, truly like no clear plan at all, driving 3000 miles. And, um, I, at the very end, um, I mean, I'm, I did write a lot about this, so I hope, I hope listeners read what I wrote, um, when it's, when it's published, but so spoiler alert a little bit here, but on the very, very last day of my road trip, just as I was coming into California to start my lease, um, and it was the first lease I had signed in over three years. I've not lived in any place for that long. Um, mm-hmm. I was driving through Nevada, and Nevada is the ugliest place. <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> if anyone lives in Nevada. Oh my God. <laughs> I was so insanely bored and tired, and it was hot, and it was just nothing outside. I was on the moon. And um, I totaled my car. I got in a horrible car accident. I literally got distracted. I was sleepy and ran off the road and hit a ditch at 85 miles per hour. And I walked out of my car with no, other than my nose getting hit from the airbag, like no injuries. And I mean, like unbelievable when you look at the car that I didn't get hit. And it was like, whoa, what, how, what did, what's so essential about this road trip? You know, like I just came and destroyed my vehicle. Like, great, great idea, Soraya. And now, of course, in the aftermath of like processing it and really walking through the story that I lived um, and everything that I was able to like process and purge on the way, it honestly, it's, it was such a profound way to end the trip that this like vessel that carried me safely all the way until the border of California, you know, like died at the very end. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, the Angela story, like how yeah. profound that is to like lose a vessel, you know, and like, every you feel like this external thing is what is what is so valuable but in reality it's the internal thing like I made it the car didn't take me across the American West like I took myself across the American West and I still kept going after that and it was like oh wow so empowering and so you don't need anything other than yourself and and that's just one example. So like of how, how I, I almost talked myself out of it, you know, out of going and it just, it wound up being so worth it for so many reasons. Well, you seem to be so lucky because you, you can couple your passion and, and your profession and your job, because if you're a filmmaker, 
um, I guess you're always searching for creativity and authenticity and, and, and following your passion. I think it's the best way to learn your craft, really. No, I just agree with you. Yes. Like it, I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Like anything I, else. It has yeah. a feedback loop. Like each has to be, there's no, I don't like start my work day ever. It just, it's just life. You know, I just live. Let's, let's look at the other side of the picture. Like you said earlier, you were in a, in a low moment, like, you know, it's ebbs and flows and up and down and how do you deal with those those are kind of roadblocks where you're in between projects where okay what do i do next um how do you deal with this and and do you just go on a creative escape and try to find that inspiration again do you wait for it patiently or do you search for it what, what's your your thing great question um oh well the lows are inevitable and they serve a purpose. You can't, you have to have the lows to distinguish the highs and all that, the yin and yang. Um, and I, they're never like, I'm never like, oh yay, a, a low. <laughs> but I do see it now that I've gone through enough of them, I do understand how creatively they are my most um, productive phases where it's, it's like a laboratory of self-discovery is what I like to call it. And Yes, typically, like me as an individual, what I do when I'm really just feeling depressed and like, I, I need to move. Movement is really where I sort of like mm. get it out. And I get a road trip or I traveled overseas to Portugal. And yeah, I, I like to, to be in motion. I think standing still makes it worse. And I'm not able to put it into perspective as much like what I'm going through. Um, and and something about perpetual motion makes makes it feel better and makes me heal and I'm sure everyone has different methods that's mm -hmm. just mine but I do find that I certainly have my most my better creative breakthroughs in those phases like I'm able to write um things that are probably the most vulnerable and and true and then yeah my photography gets better like everything is sort of amplified because you're you're feeling extra strong and mm. and sensitivity is really coming through um and you're able to tap into that so that's that's my process what's yours i'm curious oh <laughs> i'm very well it, actually what you said earlier is, is what i'm going through as well uh because as you know i was trying to cross the ocean on a kayak a month ago and i was supposed to be 70 days at sea so it would have been another 35 days before i get to hawaii and then suddenly you know the boat uh I had to bring it back, I had to be rescued. And, and now I'm, I'll probably do it next year. Like most likely my dream is still alive, but I'm thinking, what am I going to do for the next year? You know, obviously I need to make a living and get some money, but it's hard to find a company that they say, okay, you're going to work for seven months and then you will be gone for three months. I'm thinking, I want to do this podcast. I'm so, you know, passionate about uh, inspiring people to follow their dreams. How do I make it? Okay, I make this podcast. But like you, is does it make sense? Can I uh, find sponsors at some point? Maybe I don't do it. And I just decided, okay, let's go. Let's jump on it. I want to do this. I'm going to uh, continue with the documentary filming myself. And who knows? I trust the process. But I gave myself a slack for three weeks where I try not to jump into, I need the job. Or, you know, I like, this is where I am. Let's see what I feel like. I need to feel 
but uh, this thing is not about me. It's about you. <laughs> I'm interested. I mean, like what you said is so, okay. I have a couple things. I mean, are you still in that phase right now? Cause this happened to me with Angela's row and also just like, you're like, Oh, today would have been day 52. Mm -hmm. Like you're every day. You're still, because you're yeah. still, it's like, um, it's an out of body experience where you're li like, it literally feels like your cells are suspended in another yeah. space time continuum, like doing this other thing that you feel you were meant to be doing. And right. it's this incredible phenomenon that no one can under, like you're, li yeah. you're not supposed to be here. Like it doesn't make sense. And, yeah. <laughs> and for some reason you are. And, um, I think what's really powerful about Lowe's are like the biggest questions kind of come out then. And they're questions that they don't really have an obvious answer. So how perfect for you to create a podcast where yeah. you're not really asking people well, directly, you know, and it makes you feel less alone. It's just like, that's the power well, of good storytelling. Like, anyway. Yeah, I think it's, it's so true. I, I can't fake my authenticity and that's what fires me. So I just have to be patient, trust the process and I'll find it. And once I find it, I'll go all in, yeah. you know, because for me, whether I'm in, the, the creation of the idea, whether I'm doing it or when, I, when I, it's done, it's all about feeling. Uh, not, some people don't think that way. They have to be much more analytic and it has to make sense. Uh, I'll, but I, I'm, I'm lucky, I'm very optimistic. So this is uh, my the way I work. I just wait patiently. You know, some, some mother would freak out like, I need to make money. <laughs> like, okay. I don't I, mind. I has a way of revealing everything. I need to. It's all a blessing. Even the worst shit's a blessing. You know, it's just it with yeah. with time. <laughs> this project is, is finished. Um, do you have another? I really want to do this idea. Ooh. And what okay. is going to be your strategy? Are you going to? Okay. Are you going to change your strategy to be more efficient compared to the last one? Or are, are you evolving your strategy as, as you go? I am in the middle of deciding what's next. Um, so this is a great question because the, the big conundrum, I guess, of like what I, how I live is, do I want to be stable or do I want to keep being in motion? And right now I'm, I'm in sort of my stability season. Like I have this adorable little apartment in Santa Barbara and I'm close to the beach and all boxes are checked of like everything I could ever want or need. Um, but then I start to get this itch again, <laughs> where I'm like, <laughs> what's across the horizon? <laughs> and I had this crazy idea not too long ago where I realized that, you know, with the insurance money from my total car, um, and I, I don't really need a car right now. I was like, what if I just spent that traveling again, you know, and I don't, so I, I might, I might go on another kind of, um, uh, excursion i was thinking about maybe exploring central america i've never been there um maybe revisiting europe again this winter i'd love to go back to portugal um i really fell in love with it and i could see myself living there like half time portugal half time california so i'll let that one in this case like my strategy or or process is um because that's still a few months away when i have to make that decision I just feel like time will reveal that one to me. Like it's, it's just gonna, whatever the right answer is, is gonna be so abundantly obvious when it's time to make the decision mm -hmm. um, because I feel it. And literally like what you do or what I do is I sit down, I have, you know, I meditate here, I go to the beach, I'll go for a walk and I just, what feels better? 
that's as, it's as simple as that like yeah. visualizing both routes um what feels better which one clicks more which which one do i actually see myself in and like it's just trusting something kind of older and wiser than you that's like supplying the answer and it's always in you and really surrendering to that is so powerful and i just can't i can't speak to it enough like how mm -hmm. real that actually is so do you uh, ask other people what they think or you wait no? i've learned not to i've actually lost friends over doing that there are just certain people who get it and certain people who don't and it's a lot of effort to explain to the people who don't why it makes sense so it's i just i don't i don't ask other people's opinion i listen to myself i ask everybody that i meet <laughs> really and, and end, yeah because i'm an extrovert and i said what do you think if i do that and at some point i'll tell everyone of what i'm doing and I'm just doing it. And the naysayers, you know, they'll just say what they say. And those don't really impact me. I think it's really hard when it's, it's the close people that don't get it. And you have to convince them. What, like you said earlier, why do I have to convince them? But you still want to convince them because they're your loved ones. You know, they're important in your life. And, uh, but at some point, you still, it's your life. Don't you think? It like... Oh, totally. That's so interesting. Like, I've kind of learned just to keep things to myself until the moment I'm ready to act on them and then just do it or don't do it, you know? And then if I don't do it, nothing was lost because I didn't tell anyone I would. <laughs> um, but, but I'm a big proponent, like the phrase, um, uh, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Oh, yeah. I have lived by that since I was a kid. <laughs> Like, I'm very much after I do the thing, I'm like, oh, was I not supposed to? Oops. <laughs> and uh, so that's definitely um, my guiding light. But there, yeah, I just, it's, it is too difficult. Like my mom is usually the first person I go to, to get her input on anything because she's public opinion numero uno that I care about. You know, she knows me better than anyone. And it sucks when she disagrees with what I'm going to do. And then I just have to tune it out and maybe, and sometimes she's right. You know, that's the worst is when they're right. <laughs> but sometimes she's wrong. <laughs> and when she's wrong, it feels so good. <laughs> so no, you have to roll the dice. <laughs> oh, I love it. Before we go as a conclusion, do you do you have any advice to others on how to feel that fire and energy and, and how to act on it? And I think it doesn't really matter what the target is. It could be very small, like I want to take a weekend for myself or I want to go on vacation, whatever it is. Do you have any advice that you would that worked for you and that you would say you should do this? If you have one thing to do, that's it. I believe in a uh, morning routine my morning routine is very sacred to me um I believe the time between like being unconscious and conscious is like a really special mm. chapter of your day that you can kind of navigate you can decide your whole day which decides you know what is the phrase like your thoughts become your words your words become your actions your actions become your destiny like yes. it's that yes. sort of rolling ball effect that I think is really um powerful and so my advice that that works for me at least is my morning ritual I, um, I either go for like a walk to the beach or 
I just sort of, before I turn on any electronics, um, you know, Wi-Fi or cell service, I just meditate, put on whatever soft music, if I feel like listening to it, and I just sort of drop in and like, how am I feeling? How, what am I grateful for? Gratitude is the number yeah. one thing, yeah. you know, what you have already that is valuable to you. And, and then I just sort of literally visualize, like I design my day or whatever it is that I want to accomplish. Um, and I've been doing that. I used to do it a lot. And then I took a big grip break and then shocker life went crazy. And then I started doing it again. And it's just, like the analogy I can give is like when you're horseback riding or if you're bareback or whatever, and then you grab the reins and you can just like, yeah, control the horse again. Like that's what it feels like, um, is to do this and it doesn't have to be long. I do it like 10 minutes in the morning. Um, but I am not the first person to speak of the value of meditation. And I certainly won't be the last, but I really, really recommend it. Wow. I love it. What, what I see is that you're very intuitive but you created that routine that is kind of a discipline uh, activity to permit that uh, the intuition to come out. Otherwise, if you just react intuitively, you probably wouldn't find it. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like it's kind of what I said earlier. Like you need to find, like, to turn the volume down. You know, you can't mm -hmm. always hear your own thoughts. You're like blasting music in the car yes. or whatever. Like there's moments where you just shut it off and check back in and. Yeah, I totally believe in um, dichotomies. Like everything's yin and yang. So like I'm very intuitive and I go with the flow and I can say yes and jump on a plane or whatever. But I also, I like keep taking my routine with me. There's certain things I like don't compromise on. And so it all balances itself out, you know? I love it. <laughs> the last thing before we go is I asked you, like I asked all my guests, to listen to a song before we chat. And the idea of the song is, when I want this song, you can listen like 20 times in a row. That just makes you want to dance or you're so happy or feel good. It could be mellow, but yeah. what, what is your song? I swear I did not know you were going to ask me to share this song. Um, <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be honest, this is what I listen to. <laughs> I listened to Hand in My Pocket by Alanis Morissette, which is my jam. <laughs> I love that song. I think that song is, like, is my life. <laughs> I love so, it. They... <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You so much. This was awesome. Thank you, Sierra. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm your host, Cyril. And remember, life is an adventure. Live it. Merci beaucoup. Bye. À bientôt. À bientôt, Sylvia. Merci. Bye.